Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. We are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's going on, Ray? Just like that, huh? How about that? We were just talking off air. If we actually did any prep for this show, it might at least decent. This has just been one of those weird weeks. I do like to put an hour into the show every week. And this week I've put zero minutes into anything. So this and, may be our best show. And you <laughs> and you always lead. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I did. Uh, Look, world. I got a text from my oldest sister. So I'm from a family of five. Um, it's kind of cool, actually, if, if I can give a bit of family history. So we were born in 48, 52, 56, 60, and 64. Nice. Every four years, election year. Every, back every, when America was great. <laughs> back when America was great, which somebody's trying to do again. Um, and I've often thought, so this sister who I'm referencing was born in 48, and then uh, my next oldest sister who actually passed away of cancer back in uh, 2002, um, so my oldest sister is Kathy. The sister who passed away is Patty. She was born in 52, so 48 and 52. And I've often thought, Tristan, if I were either of my older sisters, Vietnam would have been a consideration because Kathy graduated high school in 66 and Patty in 70. So were I either of them? And, you know, I, the romantic part of me says, oh, I'd have gone to Canada or I'd have done something. I, I probably would have gone. Yeah. I probably would have gone. Dad was a proud World War II guy. I'm pretty much been a rule follower most of my life. I I, yeah. I think I'd have gone. I think you're right. You know, yeah. um, my brother-in-law, Vince, late brother-in-law, Vince, who you met, his brother, John, was killed in Vietnam in 68, yeah. um, Riverdale, New Jersey. So, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I think I'd have gone. But Kathy uh, texted me and said, Mary and I, uh, Kathy and Mary being, being um, long-time partners, I guess now uh, married partners in, in Jersey, um, and they were on their way to Maine, and she said uh, she had found I, I, maybe her son Scott, the attorney, who I said we got to get on at some point yes. to talk about personal injury law. Uh, no, her daughter. I'm sorry, a Amy. Her daughter. That's that's what it was. Kathy texted me and said uh, her daughter Amy, my niece, was on her way back from the Outer Banks and had found our. Um, and maybe it was Scott who told her about her, but said it was very. Um, she said she liked it very much, thought it was funny. And, of course, I texted her back and said the, the guy with the northern accent's a loud mouth. The guy with the <laughs> slight southern accent is, is funny and charming. But then she decided to listen to a couple of episodes and, and gave us a thumbs up. That's but nice. I guess in so doing, they uh, somebody, or Amy or Kathy, much have, must have reached out to my sister, who I call my MAGA sister. Right. And she was greatly offended, I guess, that I referred uh, to uh, her on the air as... 
my MAGA sister. Right. So I just texted her back and said, pretty simple solution, denounce Donald Trump, which only pissed her off more. (laughs) But I guess there are MAGA folks that don't want to be called out as MAGA folks. I don't know. You know, one of the funny things, and we've talked about it on the show, uh, well, two points. One is, you know, people for a long time were Republicans in every single possible way. But then when you would ask them, Oh, you're, you identify as a Republican. Oh no, I'm, it's left my mind, but what's the, uh, they're, um, they're for freedoms, rights. What's the libertarian libertarian. I'm a libertarian. I'm I'm not a Republican. It's like, you know, straight ticket across the board, (laughs) like your sister, you know, I'm sure she's a sweet lady, but I'm sure every single thing that she, you know, she's not going in and thinking purple and maybe this guy's the right, she's going full on MAGA, right? I I believe Uh, so. so. I hate the denouncement of it. I don't like that. I think you're right in that now it's gone. And I've often said this about myself. I was as honest as I could be in 2015 when Trump came down the escalator. I I knew who he was, man. I I grew up in in the Jersey area. Donald Trump was prominent up there. I, I, just always thought he was a little greasy, you know, a little sleazy. He was, you know, you he knew feels the, like a used, like the old used is. car salesman stereotype. But ironically, Tristan, and this is a God's honest truth, I always felt that way about Joe Biden. Like I, I'd say, yeah, I like Uncle Joe well enough. I think he's been a competent president, but I, I always got the idea that he had his arm on your shoulder while his back, <laughs> hand, while his hand was reaching into the back of your pocket. And I'm not a That's person pretty, who hates politicians. Sure. I just thought Joe was a little too slick by half, you know. Well, you have to really kind of almost be that stereotype, right, to be in it as long and as successfully as he has yeah, been. I mean, I hate to say he that is a politician, I, I, unquestionably. He's, well, he's a professional politician, right? Yeah, like Mitch. They are professional politics. Like the two of them, if they kick back and uh, Biden doesn't drink, I don't know. I've never found out. And I know Trump doesn't drink. I don't know if Mitch drank uh, drinks, but um, uh, sorry, Mitch. Well, you just <laughs> jinxed him. Mitch is done. Rest in peace, Mitch. But can you imagine Biden and McConnell together? All the bullshit goes away. They're not beating each other up. They were yeah. long-term colleagues. They work together. They're a, from a small fraternity. There's none of the... You know, there's no they're, they're just two very polished politicians in a room by themselves talking on a first name basis. I, McConnell probably at this stage would call him Mr. President just because of the etiquette. But, uh, you know, they've known each other for years and years and years and they know where the skeletons are buried and the bodies are. And there's no I'm representing MAGA and I'm representing progressives. They're just, you know, it would be real cool to be a fly on the wall. Oh, 100 percent. And I will say this. I will give this credit to Joe Biden. Uh, it does feel like you could have a, like you say, he doesn't drink. I wasn't aware of that, but no, you, it doesn't drink. You could sit in a bar with Joe Biden. Can't trust a man that doesn't a, drink is what my dad that is pretty. Told me. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but yeah. it does feel like you could have kind of a, maybe a closer to real conversation with Joe Biden. Like it does feel like he's experienced the world a little bit. Like he's been Come on now, Tristan, five years ago. He's, he's <laughs> drooling and. Oh, you know, out of his mind. I, I now. forgot. So I could feed him grapes while he drooled, yes. you know, and drank my own yes. beer. And um, the nursing at, home wouldn't allow him to have one, of course. Right. And look at tapes <laughs> from five years ago. But, Although, it, but it, you know, there's a lot of that. And, I, and there's some of those guys on the right. I, you know, I, I bring up Chris Christie a lot. Chris Christie, you could, he would probably shoot you straight in a bar having a pint. Oh, right. Yeah. There, yeah. I think there's a lot of those guys. And then some of them just feel so greasy, like you couldn't get a real moment out of them. And, you know, we've got those guys on both sides for sure. Well, and, that was, oh, yeah, no, please. No, and this is a complete uh, non sequitur. Uh, it's my accent. I've worked for a long time about not really having as much of a Southern accent. 
But the pandemic blew it because I was at home for two years with my wife. That's funny. And it completely like, That's hey, funny. man, where y'all going? Because <laughs> just talking about, like, because you just get lazy and it's kind of a sleepy, like, I'm just laying on the couch. You know, I ain't doing nothing. If I spend a week in Jersey, which I haven't done in a, in a long time, I'll come back and say, you know, hey, how you, how you doing? You know, and, and so forth. It's crazy how quick um, it can come and go. But no, it's funny because I do hear myself on here. It's like, man. Two years in the in the, the COVID bubble, I'd really stole my wife's accent back. And my brother, who's lived his life in our hometown of Pumpkin Plains, New Jersey, not just in our hometown, in the fucking house we grew up in, which is cool. Like he says, that's either really neat or it's really tragic. He's not sure which. But he's lived 58 years at the same address, 20 Garden Place, Pumpkin Plains, New Jersey. And we've had this long-running debate about accents, and he's pretentious enough. And that's another thing I told her when I when she said, oh, how dare you call me MAGA? I'm like, I call Tommy a pretentious Northeasterner. <laughs> he doesn't get offended <laughs> because go. he is. You know, <laughs> nice kid went to Yale and so on and so forth, and he looks down on everybody, love him to death. But we've had this long-running debate about accents. Oh, well, we don't have an accent, you know? Yeah, you have a fucking accent. And when I go back up now, Tristan, having been away for 35 years. By the way, Patty and I celebrated 35 years on Sunday. Oh, man, congratulations. 35 years. How'd you do it, Ray? It only seems like yesterday. And what a miserable day yesterday was. That was Dad's. Nice. But I hear that accent, the because and the coffee and the chocolate and the you know it's it's very prominent and, oh yeah and and, and my Absolutely. ear you know you get used to it um, when you're living it I, I I am certain now I'll say this about Tommy he comes down he's gonna you you Lucas Matt are gonna sound and and Jaeger worked his life our friend Matt Jaeger I always do that it's like we're just chatting Tristan exactly. our friend Matt Jaeger who Ignore worked mics. who worked years in radio that's where I met Matt has pretty much mitigated his accent but he still does the time. And the guy, like Phil Sims yeah. from Kentucky, you'll hear Phil. He'll right. say, they, they call it a timeout. That's that word. Time, that, yeah. And w so I would call that the long I. I'm not sure what that is. In Jersey, it's the long O. Chocolate, coffee, because, yeah. you know, that. And and it's amazing. And my family speaks like that. Tommy speaks like that. Yeah. He doesn't hear it because he lives it every day. But when I go back up, man, I fucking hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. And, you know, spending time in New York as a kid, you certainly, you know, coming from Virginia and Kentucky, the Cumberland Gap area, man, you're walking the streets of New York is, you know, get over here. What are you doing? You know, it's it's a very pronounced, you know, different accent. Well, Vince, who I reference a lot, you know, best friend I'll ever have. He'll be gone 10 years, April of, of 24. Uh, he, he used to say, you know, they pick on Southerners for sounding stupid. But who sounds more stupid than Joey Buttafuoco? <laughs> hey, how you doing? I mean, he sounds like a fucking moron. It's a good point. <laughs> and and, and to, to shit on our city friends, you know, you, you do. You see the Michiganders come down in some of these, you know, different, more uh, affiliated or associated northern city type accents. Look, it's not like these people, to your point. You don't sound like a fucking genius yourself, you know? It's, uh, we get it. It's a little slow, a little, it's a little bit lazy. We'll get a little bit lazy with our accent, you know, because, you know, to our credit, we're not up. Like, it's not New York City where our eyes aren't wide and we're just constantly stressed and anxiety ridden. You know, we get to be a little slower down here and it doesn't make us all stupid. It's just a little bit easier well, living. Prince of Tides. What was so wonderful about that when the book is great, but but it's one of those where the movie is almost as good, but Nolte, Nolte plays it so well because Streisand is so condescending. 
he's this guy from South Carolina, and he's got that great line. He says, you know, when I'm not picking straw out of my teeth, I'm a fairly intelligent man. <laughs> you know, just fuck you. And she winds up falling in love with him because he's fucking brilliant. And, right. Well, I think that I think the uh, highest IQ to ever occupy the White House was the most southern sounding president we ever had, Jimmy Carter. Oh, wow. He's a nuclear physicist or something crazy in, uh, you know, Annapolis. I mean, Jimmy Carter had an IQ off the charts. Didn't turn out to be the greatest president. But. Was he really not, though, or was that more... Uh, just partisan the you know, we hated rough. him because he I was mean a- I was coming of age then I remember those gas lines and odd and even days so you so you have, oh, yeah. at least this is the way they did it in Jersey and I assume across the country so if your license plate ended in and I'm just kind of making this up but but it was odd and even so if your license plate ended in a three you could pump gas on Monday Wednesday Friday and if it ended in a four which was an even number you could go Tuesday Thursday Saturday and like Sunday it was closed I mean think about that and interest rates were 19 percent so if you're borrowing money to buy a home a mortgage rate 19 percent i mean it's time to rent and then stagflation kicked in and it was uh it, it was a rough four good years to, and I'm, you know i think that was around the time i was born so i have no perception of that so yeah, yeah he was elected in 76 and beaten in 80 and he was primaried yeah he was primaried by teddy kennedy uh, Carter was, and then he, and then Reagan went on to beat him, and so which brings me back. Um, so when Trump comes down the escalator in 2015, I'm just not a big fan, and I made that clear. I didn't think he was going to be a uniter. I thought he was going to be about himself because his whole life was about himself, and I think that was proven right. But by no means do I dislike all Republicans. Sure, no, no means. But the text I get from my sister is just like, every Democrat's a piece of shit. My word's not hers. Sure. But basically, that's what she's yeah. saying. So it's like, does MAGA, well, you were kind of talking about it last week with our friend Aaron. Like, it's really difficult to just pull a, a single Democrat where they could say, yeah, that's a decent person. I mean, it's tough, right? It's funny, and, and I'm, I've made this point on the show before, but I feel like, I mean, this is a whole country full of Democrats. There's a whole lot more middle left than there are, you know, the California stereotype that wants a nine month abortion, whatever. There's a whole lot more of me than there are of them, for example. And, you know, every time I have this conversation with Aaron, it's like you are, he, he tells me you are such an exception to the rule of Democrats. And I just think that's that's just completely untrue. It's just, he's not really exposed to a lot, you know, he's not in, in his daily life coming across 10 Democrats that he's. So, and here again with apologies to Aaron, our wonderful sponsor from Berea Pond, and we will get him on to defend himself. And so we don't have to put words Once every in his 30 mouth. episodes, he can come on and defend himself. But so you're, so he says that to you because you're reasonable and you're prudent and you're pragmatic. And I try to be, yes. So what does he think that other Democrats are? Like wild-eyed left-wing loons? Yeah, I mean, I just think it is more the, you know, you see the Karen videos of some woman losing her mind that, you know, that to him is a typical Democrat or, you know, just, again, the extreme version, the Fox News version of the... You know, the worst examples of the people and the farthest grooming our children. Yeah, they want to give your children, you know, sex change surgery at eight years old or, you know, the people that wouldn't name their kids until they're old enough to decide their, you know, what gender they are before we name you. Like, you know, the ones that are just so extreme that those of us even I'm sure in the middle of the Democrat Party roll our eyes at. Right. Like. Well, yeah, and actually, and I'm not very versed on this, so with apologies to all my New Jersey family, I know New Jersey's been in the news because there's a couple of Board of Educations who brought suit against the state. I think the state was attempting to 
put through some legislation that would protect parents or uh, uh, protect children from their parents if they were going through um, a transgender situation. And I'm sure uh, my sister-in-law, Mary, could talk to this ad nauseum. Maybe we should get both Mary and Kathy on. Oh, that would be a fun show. Um, But uh, I think what they were saying, Tristan, is that some statistics show that one in eight or one in ten transgender children actually uh, run into violence from their own home. Wow. So you but see, but but now the counter to that is it's provable that less suicide amongst teens is found in involved parents. So so there you have that left and right, that yin and yang. Neither side is wrong. Neither side, perhaps, is right. Um, that's a tough one, man. So I don't know that the state is saying we don't want involved parents in this. I think they're saying maybe there should be some protection. Of course, the right is saying, oh, see that? They want six-year-old kids to change their gender and not right. tell the parents. And then the left is saying, um, well, no, we just want protection for that child to make sure that when they go home, mom or dad doesn't take a belt to them, right? So right. it's just... So many issues are that way, but Fox characterizes it one way. MSNBC characterizes it another way. You can find your, you know, you can you can get your jollies by listening to either one. And the truth, like everything else, is somewhere in the middle. Right. And it's it's so hard, too, because everybody wants to make a blanket statement like no kids under 18 can ever have gender reassignment, whatever. Look, there's going to be very specific individual examples where some kids probably very much don't need to. And then you're going to have other examples where kids very much should and do need to. And, you know, I won't get into the minutiae trying to, you know, determine what those reasons are, but look, it's going to be a case by case. And I think for most of us, like, I think we all would rather have freedoms than not. I mean, I get, I, I you know, nobody wants to see a five-year-old kid having a gender reassignment surgery. Like that's absolutely no, insane. There's no ridiculous. reasonable, right. re- there's it's not an acceptable, reasonable thing, but look, I'm not a right. doctor. I have. I didn't go to college to study. You know. You don't a, even play one on TV. I, I couldn't actually. I did. I played a a, a, <laughs> a doctor in Jamie's podcast. <laughs> so which we need to talk about coming up. But, but again, like there's people a lot smarter than both me and you and Zeke from the Creek that wants to. You know, I'm just so woke and I hate all transgenders or whatever. Look, <laughs> smarter people need to handle this. The doctors, kids, and their families. You know, I. It's luckily I don't have to worry about it. Isn't that part of your lament with social media is experts are experts for a fucking reason. And that also includes not includes is largely driven by writers. You know, if you're getting information from The Washington Post, The New York Times, The L.A. Times or, you know, The Wall Street Journal, a a conservative uh, publication, it's been vetted. It's been sourced and double sourced. People who do this professionally, who, oh, by the way, can actually pay a penalty if they uh, knowingly print shit that's wrong. Right. As, and, and it's comparable now to Zeke from the Creek putting some social media post on and, oh, say, yeah. I always go to that Southern <laughs> accent, which it. is terrible. But, you know, very intelligent right wingers. Hey, I found it. It is right here. It says There's yeah. not, you can't compare a, a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist working for the New York Times to some whack off in his underwear on his <laughs> computer. But we do now. They're like equal weight. Well, I don't know that 
Am I we, yelling? I'm sorry if I'm yelling. I get, I, I, get, I get passionate. But the point is, though, like, <laughs> we don't. The people in this room know the difference between a Pulitzer Fair. Prize winning journalist Fair. and some guy on HeartEagleLoveTrump.org. Like, and again, we, you know, it's not that, you know, our side doesn't fall for some of these Russian-generated memes about whoever. And look, we all should be a little bit more diligent in what we think. And, you know, everybody wants to just believe what our side and our tribe is telling us. But look. There is a pretty freaking big difference between the two, and we should be conscious of that. And I think the right, to their credit or discredit, has done a great job of just telling you everything that you disbelieve is fake mainstream media. Psh, why would you believe, you know, people that are vetted and, you know, it's just oh, it's been marvelous. They've been uh, uh, incredibly tactical and incredibly successful at wooing their audience to believe that, you know, whatever emanates from the left is just, you know. Whatever the opposite of the burning bush is, it's just horrific and nonsensical and, you know, they're out to get your children and they're out to change, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, now, and, and Trump, like, look, nothing that, it, none of these charges, nothing that's happened. Every phone call has been perfect. Every way I stored these top secret documents has been perfect. The way I treated this woman in New York. to his penis is perfect? I have not heard that yet, but his hands are very does. big. His hands are very big. I've heard. His hands are but, enormous. But I don't know, man. Like, I would love it's to. perfect, dear. It's wouldn't perfect. you like to live your life where you found yourself so impervious from any type of wrongdoing that you He's could amazing. literally live it's, that way? Uh, well, like, that's, I, it is fascinating. Look, I'm going to go on record here on this uh, 18th, 17th day of August. If he comes through all this, all the indictments and everything, he's unscathed. He's the nominee. Fuck it. I'm voting for him. You know what? If he comes through all this unscathed and he wins the presidency, I'm going to do what all the anti-Obama folks did eight years ago. He's never leaving. If he gets in again, he's the president until he dies. Oh, man, Triz. Like, I, I will just say, I'm not, I mean, if he figures it out this time, he's just he's not going. See, Triz, and we don't know prep for this show. And, <laughs> and so now I have to take. But it's so funny that you say that, because <laughs> if I can find. OK. So I sent this just the other day to both my brother and sister. He's back in. So I'll open. I, so my phone is on me, but I don't have, I have it, but I have it turned off text notification. So I check my text when I check them. Maybe two hours goes by. So I'll open the phone up and there'll be literally 63 messages, the two of them going back and forth. I can relate. So I interjected this and it's so funny on the heels of what you said. So this is addressed to both of them. Interesting thought. Rini, that's my sister, representing MAGA, dutifully defends Trump and now has taken to saying all Democrats, I actually referenced your boy Kelly Wallingford, or Democrats, as Kelly Wallingford calls him, are terrible and only out to get poor Donald. Putting the cart well ahead of the horse, let's think for a moment about the logical extension of such twisted thought. Hypothetically, Trump wins the 2024 election as he conducts his four-year retribution campaign with Rudy Giuliani as attorney general and the MyPillow guy as secretary of state. Trump begins his call to stay in office because, quote, all Democrats are evil. At that point, does MAGA, along with, um, well, I said my sister, along with all of MAGA, say, no, Mr. President, you've served your two terms and the U.S. Constitution mandates that you must leave. Or does MAGA say, Free and fair elections may result in another wicked Democratic politician occupying the Oval Office, and we cannot take that chance. Here today, in the middle of August 2023, I can't answer that question as to how MAGA goes, or which way they go, in that hypothetical scenario. And that is pretty damn frightening. Yeah, because it, it feels like we've went away from 
I want the facts. I want to know who's doing what to more. These are my people. This is my group. And your side is completely fucking evil. Right. So I can't have that. We can't have you baby blood drinking crazy Democrats right. ever elected to any post ever again. Man, that's a sad, awful way to be. But it, there's a pretty substantial group of folks that would not care to cheat for an election to to have their guy. And not to be too too draconian, and hopefully it doesn't come to that, but, you know, democracies do end, and that would be the start of the end of American democracy. And, and why are we to believe, Tony, Aaron, um, that Trump wouldn't attempt that or isn't capable of it? He, he already did. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like with Obama, I, we, I told people, look, there's no evidence that this is how he wants to be. You know, there's no evidence Barack Obama, again, going back to people saying he's going to not leave. His eight years is going to be up and he's going to start martial law and stay in office. There was no evidence of that. And of course, nothing ever came from that. But is there evidence that Donald Trump could lie or claim false voting or, you know, literally could pull any string in the world thinking, hey, if I leave, maybe I'm going to prison or if I leave, maybe I don't know, whatever. I mean, there is definitely evidence that Donald Trump is not above being uh, completely dishonest to get what he wants. Right. All right. So let me on the subject, but off the subject, I'm going to throw this at you. And again, no rehearsal here. So Trisden is going to be on the spot. <laughs> um, so all those stereotypes about the left that Aaron may hold, Tony may hold, a lot of our Republican friends who we love dearly and respect dearly hold. Very much. Yes. Um, where has the left hurt themselves in allowing those stereotypes? What does the left do that allow? Now, now the blood drinking and the children, that's just nonsensical. QAnon, you don't even thankfully hear about much anymore. I'm not talking about that crazy, just really twisted shit. But just, you know, in the, in the middle, sort, sort of the middle in the everyday, you know, what is it that the left has done that these people perceive as so misguided? Well, I, th- I think you see some of this, and I, I think we may have discussed it at, at some point, but it does feel I'm sure like... sure we've done that. <laughs> well, you know, there is some looking down. You know, talk about your brother, who's a big lefty, looking down on those of us from the country that may Prison have a little, time, not me. little bit of an accent or, you know, probably not as smart. And, you know, that nobody wants to feel like they're less than or stupid or a whole group of the country is looking down on you because you, you know, have been raised in this, you know, a Christian society or whatever. You're a little bit different than the coastal elites, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, there could be some a better job done of reaching out and uh, bringing both sides together. Now, I, I will say you do see more of a token effort from folks on the left. Donald Trump never pretended to say, hey, we really want, you know, we're all Americans and we got to bring folks together. But, you know, it feels like the blue politicians go where they need to go in the blue places and they don't go to the red places. They don't try to bridge that gap. And you're certainly not seeing it from anybody MAGA wise, right? Like you're not seeing. Yeah. That's so right. I, right. I think so there's some blame on both sides to go around and bringing folks. To come if together. I'm a Democratic politician, even though I know there's a lot of propaganda and such, I go on Sean Hannity's show. Give Gavin Newsom credit. Gavin Newsom went on there and spent an hour, hour and a half with Hannity. And they actually had a decent uh, conversation. And there were a few times where Newsom sort of, I don't want to say put him in his place, but, you know. Um, and now I don't know if you saw the other day where uh, who did he have on Hannity? He had on Mike Huckabee. And he said to Huckabee, you know, of course, he, uh, now, Governor, I could be wrong, could be wrong. 
But is it time? Basically, what he asked him was, is it time for Republicans to amend their position on abortion? Like this issue is beating the shit out of us. Yeah. Ohio, just a week ago, that was essentially an abortion uh, referendum. And it was 60-40. Nightmare issue for Republicans is abortion. And I I kid and say, if I'm a Democratic politician running 23 or 24, I say two things on an endless loop. January 6th, abortion. Over or Dobbs decision. January 6th, Dobbs. January 6th, Dobbs. Over and over and over. Because those two issues work in Democrats' favor. But but the point to the question I asked you was was just that, and I think that's a, a, a great um, and thoughtful answer right on the cuff, is that um, you hate to say looking down, but, you know, there is that, right? There is uh, plenty of that. From Boston to Washington, yeah. which through New York, and essentially all of the East Coast and maybe Chicago, um, looks at the rest of the country as flyover country. And yeah. flyover country says... Fuck you. Right. And, and to to the credit of the people that say fuck you to that, right? There's some beautiful, wonderful folks. They're very and, intelligent. And, and they're also very intelligent that have certainly plenty of money, just like uh, our coastal friends. So, yeah, I mean, nobody likes being sort of popped in that, uh, you know, bracket is uh, where you're just you're completely dismissible, which is why uh, the Trump, I think, got so much play out of the deplorables line because there is even though i don't think in context that hillary, hillary minute exactly hillary minute exactly like that it's that mindset of like they look at us a certain way and it, it nobody wants to feel that way right like it's oh man you know, akin to racism there's a dude named dale dale is a caretaker i won't say his last name a because i don't know it and b <laughs> i won't say it but uh, i haven't seen much of him lately nice nice country guy a long-haired dude you know and he had his trump whatever but i remember him saying to matt when that incident came up he said man i guess he just figured we're all kindred spirits and you know jaeger's probably further left than either you or me our buddy matt he said man can you believe she called us all deplorables you know but to your point like that was of all the words to choose man and i knew what she was going after and i don't disagree in all respects but man that's a terrible word to use because it just plays into that stereotype. You said Trump. How about Fox News? They spend days and weeks just oh. on an endless loop showing her saying that. Oh, yeah. And the T-shirts, the I'm a deplorable, <laughs> you know. Wearing it like a badge of honor. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they, they absolutely <laughs> rallied around that, like the let's go Brandon thing that you still, you still sure. see. The, how is Matt? You mentioned your, your co-worker and our mutual Matt, friend. Matt's Matt. doing great. He had some health issues um, uh, six weeks back now, serious health issues involving his heart. Um, and he has been back to work for a couple of weeks. He's on some meds, um, and um, he, he's he's doing well. He's doing Very well, good. and he's, he's lost some weight. Now, that's not the way to lose weight, Yeah. but Matt was probably now, 220 going in. He's probably 185 now. He actually looks gaunt. you got to credit to Matt. Like I'll say this. Matt has had two of the best weight loss situations in his life, right, in the worst possible yes. way. Like He had the cancer diagnosis and lost all kinds of weight. It's like... We all want to lose some weight, but yeah, that's don't yeah, do it that way. Not not the way. And to do speaking it. Of, of of friends, and Matt's doing great. But um, glad to hear that. We, Love Matt. Matt yeah. has given me some of the best advice, and he's not listening, so I'll compliment him a lot. Like he's just a wonderful human being to know you. I like he's a good friend, and like I I really really he's think fucking walking Google man. Yeah, I mean, oh, like the, the guy's guy. the guy's amazing. I Very mean, it's sweet. it's just like how do you have all these references? Let's get this yeah. guy on Jeopardy. But uh, Patty and I lost a, a, another great friend, and though there was a 20-year age difference, Pearl Cowan had become a, a real good friend. Picture 
a guy walking off the set of Gunsmoke, which ironically was his favorite show. Pearl nice. was a big man. He played some college football. He was 6'4 and probably shit, 275 in his heyday. Probably nobody, definitely nobody to mess with. But I knew the, well, we knew him for 35 years. But over the, about the past five years, I'd really gotten close to him. His situation reminded me a little bit of my dad. My dad had more family around, but he lived the last 10 plus years of his life by himself. Pearl was alone for a long time. So I would stop and I'd bring him a sandwich and some chips from Galaxy and we would just sit and bullshit, Tristan. And, and mo- mostly it was me asking him and, and you know, by the, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth visit, I knew most of the stories, but it was cool. He told them well and sometimes I'd bait him like, Pearl, that's an interesting name. Where, where'd that name come from? Oh, that was Uncle Pearl, you know, back nice. in 19th, you know. Yeah. But Pearl passed away on Monday night um, and he went quick, man. He was cutting his lawn in June and uh, I don't know. I spoke to his daughter. They're not sure if he suffered maybe a, a minor stroke, but he, he cognitively he went and, and I'll tell you a true story. The last time I walked into his house, Drizzen, he had his phone, and it was pointing at the TV. He always called me Raymond. Raymond? Raymond? And I, 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 I walk in, and I'm like, has he got an app now? He can't have an app. God, shit, he barely knows how to use that phone. I'm like, what you doing, Pearl? He's like, oh, this darn, never swore, this darn remote. And I said, Pearl, oh, no. yeah, yeah. I said, Pearl, I think that's your phone, the remote's. So I grabbed the remote, and I knew the channel, 66, yeah. Inspiration. I knew he wanted gun smoke. Yeah. And uh, so I put it on 66. Well, I'll be darned. Um, and that's the last time I had seen him. Uh, well, Patty and I went to visit him Sunday at the hospice center, and uh, which was nice because he passed away on Monday night. But I just wanted to mention that Pearl. Pearl was a great guy. Going to miss him dearly. And what sucks right now is his house and car. His car is still in the driveway. His service is uh, Saturday, so it looks identical like he's there. So oh. you pull around the corner, and it's like Pearl. Oh, shit, Heartbreaking. You know? Yeah, yeah. Pearl was a good dude. I will miss him. I truly considered him a friend even though we were of different generations, 20 years apart, different parts of the country. My dad would have liked Pearl. They would have, they would have gotten along well because they were real good storytellers. So rest in peace, big fella. Yeah. Now on that note, we'll take a minute, catch our breath, and uh, we'll pay some bills. Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. And after that message from one of our wonderful sponsors, or maybe two, I don't know, we're back. Welcome back, Ray. Hello, Tristan. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm going to make this very long segue. You're talking about your friend Pearl who passed. I've talked on the show about my neighbor who happened to be a good friend who passed. Right. His next door neighbor, my neighbor that passed, very, very extreme right wing MAGA folks. Older, older couple. Uh, now, how do you know that? Late seventies, the bumper stickers. Okay, uh, gotcha. The wife, seventy-five gotcha. years old, mows with a sidearm, like a oh, big forty. Yes. But <laughs> no, no. Here's the here's the question. Like these, Ray, are the nicest. There you go. Absolute best, sweetest folks in the whole neighborhood. So they've got in the habit Always, of Always, right? What's that? Always, right? Oh yeah, they've got in the habit of giving us food from their garden. My wife and I. So tons of tomatoes and just absolutely the best human beings in the world and i just am so cautious to i hope i never 
post anything on Facebook that's too political because I, I worry that the uh, the free tomato train will stop. <laughs> but but it harkens me back to a day when people used to just like each other and not care. And I miss that so bad. Right? Like when you could just be friends sure. with people that you sure. could completely have these fundamental, you know, either maybe moral or political differences with. And it never came up and it didn't matter. Which, again, is, you know, part of the reason we like this show and why we do it is because it's oh, there's yeah. so many great freaking people on both sides not once and people in. want to forget you know like i'll pick on aaron again they want to say well you know no most democrats aren't like you or however they're not pragmatic and so i think to my point i think most are most people are good most MAGA folks are good there's just you know a few that aren't yeah in my dozens if not hundred visits to pearl politics never once came because i knew where his politics were i knew he i don't think he was maga by any means but i'm sure he didn't vote for biden and I, there was just no reason to bring it up what's you know there's nothing to be had there it was just a fun uh i looked forward to the visits i i believe he looked forward to the visits you know when you're living by yourself it gets a little lonely but no i didn't go in there to spout any you know political philosophy or anything like that go in was, there and talk about trans rights for an hour <laughs> no i wasn't going to, come on pearl, pearl you gotta get on board bathrooms now you, we're talking you understand what we're talking about <laughs> at that point he might have said leave the house nice. but yeah that that that's right oh man so uh here's kind of a cool quick story uh our buddy jamie who's been on the podcast his partner john also they've both been on the podcast who has a very successful podcast very successful podcast and won't tell me the damn secret to do that so we have a very middle of the road successful podcast yeah uh, uh, true crime podcast uh and they actually well the name of theirs their podcast is true crime cast check it out it's really good but he they wrote a fictional uh true crime story that they made a podcast oh, out of God. and they invited me to do a couple voices on nice. on this podcast they didn't need a loudmouth northerner did they they did not See? apparently it was you know thanks, it, it did thanks jamie local yeah jamie what about ray you know <laughs> but uh so this podcast is called left on red it was it's a kind of about this guy i think he's like a banker that he kind of responds to one of these annoying text messages from the fake numbers, and then it kind of turns into this thing, and it seems like the guy's watching him. It's kind of creepy, but I play a doctor. That's great. On that, and then I play a guy who works at like a wing shop restaurant. But it went from like in the first weekend, it went to like the number one fictional podcast. No way. Yeah, and I, you know, and I don't know the charts and how. Oh, you're going to be leaving me now. You're getting famous. Yes. Just I'm, remember I'm, me. I, I'm getting a lot of when calls. you get up there in Jamie's <laughs> echelon. Just remember me. Speak well of me. We'll we'll, we'll just that's we'll very cool. Drag you up, but yes, it was pretty cool to, to be a very small part, but uh, was cool to to be offered that. And uh, you should so check it out if, if you're listening. I was going to this, say or. Next week, if you're more prepared, play a snippet of it. Yeah, and it's only like, like the I think it's like eight or nine episodes, and they're like eight, nine, ten minutes each. So it's really, you can knock out the whole, it's a series, but you can knock it out in like an hour and a half. And they max. scripted the whole thing? Scripted the whole oh, thing. Oh, man, that's really the cool. Parts, and yeah, it was pretty cool. So And people are obviously listening to it. A lot of people. Well, they've got a really nice built-in audience that they can tell, right. hey, go listen to our right. other show. And man, it's it's pretty phenomenal. And so Jamie's a great guy. Very, very good super dude. Super good guy. And you love when local people are doing big things. Just Conservative so man. Uh, yeah, I would say middle right, middle right, middle right, yeah. but certainly not a guy that would sit down with me being slightly middle left and we're not going to find a lot of disagreement. Right. You know, he's right. probably a little bit more religious than me or, right. you know, a couple of things, but no, right. I mean, we get along excellent and we do talk politics. Yeah, And you do talk politics, yeah. which is a credit to both of you. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. 
So, again, like we've got so much uh, politics to talk about, but I want to get your opinion on this. And I know you're out of the internet, uh, social media world, like it's not your thing. Well, I'm not out of it. I've never really been in it. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> wasn't a conscious choice. You, you didn't I'm leave. Just technologically, <laughs> completely a moron. Right. So, you never jumped in. But, right. uh, so there's, I've got a buddy, and I'll, I'll try to tell this story with no names, but it, it's just started popping up that it's this thing. I've got a buddy who was married to this woman. They lived around the London area. Well, his wife sends me messages like once a week to the point where like it's strange, right? That his wife is messaging me and I don't want to not respond because it's my buddy's wife. But then like it it becomes a little excessive. Like it's a lot of TikTok videos. Uh, She'll send me TikTok videos. And like, I think my wife is to the point where she's like, why the why fuck is she, she messaging you so consistently? Yeah, right. sure. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. So I was talking to my buddy a week, two weeks ago, and he's like, oh, yeah, we got a divorce. Oh, no shit. So now they got a divorce, and she has moved to town. She's in Berea. And, and she, oh, wow. she's been sending, like, last couple of days, she's been sending me these messages. And it's just this weird, awkward Is Laura thing. aware of that? Yeah, I mean, I let her know. Yeah, but, well, that's a good move. Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly I don't tell her everybody the messages, but yeah, but yeah, like this is she was just sort of in the loop from the beginning. Like, you know, I don't want to throw myself on a fire. No kidding. But yeah, so it's just this weird situation. Now my wife will be like, "Hey, have you heard from this girl?" And yeah, she messaged <laughs> yesterday. So what do you do? Like, you're in this. Well, what weird you can thing. do is say, "I can't." Can't you say? Eh. Oh, is there a polite way to ask her to stop? I guess my question. Well, that's my question to you. Oh. I, I don't know what the answer is because I don't want to be rude. Like I like her well enough. Like she doesn't bother me or anything. Yeah, but that's tough, man. Also, like when you know females messaging you like pretty consistently, sure, it sure, becomes sure. this weird. Absolutely. You know, like we have to be somewhat respectful of the fact that absolutely I am married. Yeah. So you know, if she popped in every three months with a nice message, like that's right. fine. But right, it, right. you know it. There's an answer to that. I'm not sure what, you know, what exactly it is. I mean, you know, hey, you know, out of respect for my wife, I, I you know, I don't know, Tristan. That's, but I mean, if it's making you uncomfortable, then yeah, I guess you got to address it. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't really, I guess courage is the right word. Like, I just don't want to have I guess my, to like. I guess my question would be, how hot is she? Sorry, uh, Troy, we need some editing. (laughs) That doesn't seem relevant to the discussion, Ray, whatsoever. (laughs) She could be a 10 or a 1. Absolutely right. And how would we even know? We don't don't judge. We don't judge. Let's assume she's a 10. Well, I wouldn't know what a 10 is. To me, they're all fives. They're just all. Your wife's a 10 and everybody else is a five. That's it. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. But no, so it just has become this little weird thing. That's crazy. Like once a week, my wife will be like, hey, your buddy been messaging you? Yeah, it's a little excessive. I mean, that's. Yeah. There's got to be a polite way out of that. Right. Because if it was once every two months. Jesus Christmas. We're. I still can't get it. (laughs) Bob, we're. Where is Dear Abby when you need her? Right, man. That'd be a great Dear Abby question. We just turn this show into Dear Abby for the rest of the day. Maybe we'll take some questions. I like it. My fountain pen leaks. My wife's always bitching and my kids are all freaks. (laughs) That was a John Prine song. Nice. Oh, John Prine was great. Uh, uh, Dear Abby, Dear Abby. Well, we never thought. uh, I never thought that me and my girlfriend would ever get caught. (laughs) There we were in the back seat with her uh, with her 
hair in her curlers and her pants to her knees. Sign just married. Yeah. <laughs> John Prine, Kentucky boy, one of the greats. Yeah, indeed. One of the greats. Oh, man, some shitty news. I probably shouldn't swing it to the end of the show like it's less important, but my uh, not legally my stepdad, but kind of my stepdad, the guy who kind of raised me, was mom's uh, my mom's longtime boyfriend for 20 years. Is uh, like worried he might have cancer, so I went and visited him uh, over the weekend. But it looks like he's got oh, some, did you got some spots uh, in a couple places in Middlesbrough, uh, close like yeah. Middlesbrough adjacent in the Virginia, like through the gotcha. tunnel on the Virginia gotcha. side. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's kind of sad. And What's annoying. his name? Hopefully, uh, Dennis. How old? Uh, I think he was born in fifty-seven. Sixty-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Patty's age. Ah, shit. Yeah. So hopefully. any pro- prognosis? Like. Early prognosis is there's spots in the scan, and we're sending you to the oncologist. That sucks. So, what, how's his mental state? I mean, I don't know that Dennis has like emotions in that. Right? <laughs> I, you know, I think he's probably handling it fine. Um, and, and again, I think that's. I think you at one time gave me really great advice that a doctor had gave you, which is like, you know, and you'll tell the story better because I vaguely remember, but it was something to the effect of like. If you hear a horse, don't assume it's a herd or yeah, something. Yeah, th- uh, think horses, not zebras. Right. So yeah, if you I have a headache, don't assume it's brain cancer. It's probably a cold. Right. So wait. So he's yeah. kind of, I think, probably in sure. that wait and let's find out for sure, and right. then kind of tackle it from there. But he's lost forty pounds in like oh, a couple wow. months. So that's scary. It is very again scary. like Matt yeah. ways you don't want to lose weight. Exactly. We could each afford to lose a few pounds, but I'd rather <laughs> stay fat than trade it for cancer. Oh, right? Fuck, you're not kidding. So yeah. So well, if, best uh, of luck to Dennis. Yeah. So yeah. Good thoughts and prayers for those that either send thoughts and or prayers listening. That's right. And and don't tell him I was talking about him on the podcast. Yeah. So he probably is not a listener, I would assume. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of kind of depressing. Well, best of luck to Dennis. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Um, so I had mentioned this to you because my nephew had texted me, my Yale graduate nephew, pretentious asshole that and he is. does not have a southern accent. Uh, does not have a southern No, he's, but he's got a thick Jersey accent. Oh, he's nice. a Bacuaz and a coffee and, you know. Now, Get again, his dad Yale. doesn't His dad doesn't think so. No, he's not Joe Buttafuoco, no, but you would hear his accent. I mean, that's I would just, trade my accent for a Yale uh, bachelor's, so. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. They say, ironically, Californians are probably the most, not, not Valley girls, but Californians are about the most neutral sounding of people. I always thought it was Midwest. A, a lot of, got the yeah, Missouri-ish maybe. Yeah, Missouri-ish. Um, my, my, uh, my daughter, actually, I think Brielle is about the most neutral sounding. Now, Raymond, like, see, that's another thing. Uh, you know, I listen to Ray. I, I, I hear some of his, you know, long, you know, uh, guys and that kind of thing. But my brother will wear his ass out when we go up to Jersey. Like, yeah. damn, right? But Brielle is uh, pretty neutral. Um, you know, I think she grew up here in both accents and didn't want to sound like either. So she sort of <laughs> nice. chose a middle path. But. Kyle had sent me a te- text asking me if I was familiar with uh, rich men from Richmond, which I was. Uh, and here's how I was. Our buddy Lucas, who I work with and at some point should come on this show. So he's from a MAGA family. And I've made the joke a few times uh, 12 years ago, 11 years ago when Lucas came to work. He was a hell of a lot more conservative than he is after 11 years of listening to my nonsense. But there is some and, merit and, and to there, that. But there's a, a quick interjection to that, though. But that's the good thing about being exposed to people with different thoughts than you. You're not just, everything's not reinforced. You get a chance to see it from both sides. Yeah. And I think most people will come a bit to the middle under those circumstances. Right. And though he's never told me this, I think his mom is like, oh, that's, did, that, did that come from that left winger you work with? <laughs> Damn it. 
Nice. So she's, uh, I've met her a couple times, Susan. Very nice woman. Of course, like, again, just like you were talking about with your neighbors. I mean, just a, a gentle lady. There's nothing to dislike about her, except she's all in Trump, all in MAGA, all in Fox News. And, you know, lefties and people with Ds are just like we were talking about earlier. But she had heard the song first. Um, and uh, so that piqued my interest. So I went and listened to it. And uh, I think. Can you pull it up? We'll take a listen yeah, to Rich Men of Richmond, which is a huge hit in conservative circles right now. Nice. If, if I know anything about uh, YouTube, it's going to play nine commercials first. So maybe Troy will edit this out. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll make us listen. But oh, I'll you think we'll get a commercial? <laughs> it always, like, before the show, I took it to the starting point and paused it, but I'm going back. It'll probably do the I got same you. damn thing. I got so, you. Let's see what we can do here. Oh, it's commercials. That's okay. So no, no, just give us like three seconds. Well, I'll, and, I'll and the fellow's name on. is Anthony, I think, and he sort of came out of nowhere. Here we go. So, Here we go. Working all day, overtime hours, for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me. I like his style. Yeah. American. politicians, look out for miners, and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast, milk and welfare. God, if you're five foot three, and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge drowns. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground. Is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame. What the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men who Nice style. Almost uh, got that kind of Tyler Childers thing going. Yeah, talented enough guy. Um, yeah, I like that style. It's not, Americana. Not, not a bad style. Yeah, awful close to bluegrass, but not quite. Yeah, not quite. I, I would call that Americana, yeah. Yeah, and 
my thought on that was I listened once when you uh, sent it to me originally. Listening again, it does sound a little bit more of a right wing vibe, I think, than I caught the first time. You thought it was a little more nonpartisan. I thought it was, yeah. It's like well, you could take most of that as nonpartisan. Like you took like a shot at Epstein and and the uh, the island, but yeah, I think Epstein Island. Yeah, you got fucking Bill Clinton there and Donald Trump, right? Right. right. So, and I think something came out today that Epstein Obama? was Obama's bagman, middleman for I mean, what the. Fuck. Yeah, that was so. I uh, would like to hear more about that. Is that story? I would too. I would not like to bury my head in the sand because the Democrat. I would like to follow that story exactly. And if he did something wrong, let's fucking send him to jail. It can't be. It can't be a, a good look for Barack Obama, regardless. No. And of course, Epstein can't say what he. You know, he's not able to say his end of the story. Fair enough. But yeah, you know, kind of a probably a little bit partisan song. But again, I heard bullshit pay, which I don't think you're probably going to put on the left. I, left seems to be the ones fighting for more pay for people like him, which I would assume is a you know country fella. Um, let's see, tax to no end. You could probably throw on the Democrats, but I think when you look at the numbers, that's probably more of a Democrat stereotype than a Democrat reality. Right, and definitely Democrats aren't trying to tax people like him it's probably you know you're hearing more democrats t- trying right. to tax the rich right so there's that um and then the, you did hear the milking welfare part and right. like the country's not doing anything for those people and yeah i mean i don't know that's probably a, a bit of a shot at the left and he wants to wake up tomorrow and hope that it's all gone what what is it he wants all gone he he wants you know i guess that's make america great again we want the 1950s back but wasn't there a lot of baggage in the 50s yeah it was a it was a good time to be a, a blue collar worker in the 50s oh and by the way labor participation was the highest in the country's history and the wealthy were taxed at the highest in the country's history. That's what John F. Kennedy, a Democrat, a Democrat ran on, was lowering the tax base because in the 50s, look back on it. I mean, wealthy people in America were being taxed, you know, 50, 60, 70 percent. And labor participation was at its highest. Right. But conservatives look back at that as a gilded time. Well, do you see, you know, there's a <laughs> the connection? Disconnect. Yeah, right. the disconnect, right. Yeah. I said the connection, the disconnect. Yeah. You know, you got to, that's why you got to have these fucking conversations. I mean, right. you know, all of that is true. And I'm not advocating for, you know, 70% tax, but I think, you know, here, here's what I think, Trizen. You know, uh, render unto Caesar, right? And I think it was a pretty uh, famous historical man who said that. 25 cents at every dollar you earn. 25 cents. Not 30, not 50, but not five. Take a quarter out of every dollar you earn. Government gets that. All government, state, federal, local, all has to make their, take that piece of that 25% and make it work. I don't think that's unfair. I'm with you. 25% out of every dollar, but that's all you're taxed. To me, that's a fuck ton of money, but you got to get everybody's dollar. Right. You can't have fancy paid accountants, fancy paid lawyers in the protecting all the loopholes. Make everybody pay 25 cents at every, everybody. Yeah. From the lowest wage earner to the highest. 20, now, there's some people say, well, that's a regressive tax. Well, yeah, I guess, but it's, that, that's, to me, that's maybe a flat tax, but that's it. 25 cents. You get to keep 75 cents because there are things the government has to do. There just are. Right. Yeah. They, we, and we it all needs to be funded. Yeah. We send our kids to these schools and drive on the roads and we all like the military. Right. Oh, so right. yeah. So let's all kick in our quarter and, uh, and roll. But yeah, I think to your point, it's not 
that we mind as much kicking in our quarter. It's then when you see Elon Musk or people buying these trillion dollar spaceships that, you know, oops, we didn't, Shaped like penises. We didn't pay any taxes or Donald Trump, who's supposedly a billionaire, paid $300, you know, in taxes one year. And again, it's you've just created this corporate welfare where they get out of all this stuff where, you know, you've got poor people that can't afford to pay for a fucking parking ticket. It's just. Uh, yeah. And I guess to somebody like uh, Mr. Anthony, or at least to the people he's singing to, um, you know, and I hear my sister say this, my MAGA sister, sorry, Reed. Kathy's <laughs> not a MAGA sister. Um, <laughs> you know, they're all the same, Tristan. They're all the same, meaning the politicians, meaning the rich men north of Richmond, which right. is obviously a reference to the politicians north of Richmond, Virginia, which I texted to Tristan. I think, uh, I think that title is clever in two regards, rich men north of Richmond. I get it. But also, because I'm a lover of history, you can't discount that. I, don't, I think it's a, subtle, a subtlety of the song. But Richmond, Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. Yeah, I'm sure that's, that's not deep. lost on the songwriter. Yeah, I, I don't think that would have been a revelation for him to say, oh, damn, I missed that. No, nah, right. I think that's intentional. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're not all the same. You know, oh, they're all the same. Well, no, there are differences in the parties. Like sure. you said, they're, you, you know, it's, it's just, again, just so amazing that Trump, it always comes back to Donald. <laughs> that he's able to to have people believe, working people like the gentleman singing that great Americana song, at least the style, if not the message, um, that he's on their side. He's got their back. I mean, you got to explain that to me. What is it that, you know, uh, we it's just endless, Tris, and we go back and forth and back and forth. You know, he insults the libtards. I don't know. He says what they're thinking. I, I don't know. Well, one thing I'm fascinated about uh, with this song and in the Republican Party, I think the Democrats, to a fault sometimes, maybe throw too much money at the poor. Or that's it's certainly the stereotype, you know, that we're trying to help and, you know, maybe we're mismanaging money because we're, you know, trying to add more money into, you know, health care or food stamps or whatever. Right. But I think the consistent Republican message, right, is bootstraps, bootstraps. you got to climb out of whatever, sure. you know, if, if you're failing, like, uh, you know, you've just got to fix it. But there's a lot of people certainly here in Appalachia that haven't fixed it or can't fix it. Right. Because there's not a lot of jobs, not a lot of opportunity. So then what do we do? Well, we have to blame somebody for that. Ah, it's the Democrats fault, right. right? They don't like coal like you do. And, you know, you could be dying with black lung if, if only the Democrats weren't here. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think that message is so fascinating that, you know, the Democrats get, you know, blasted for trying to help. And the Republican message is kind of like, well, you don't need any help or money. Like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I don't know. I, some of that to me kind of reminded me of that, of the message of the, the song a little bit. I think so. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just awfully hard to fight through those crazy stereotypes with with extreme common sense. Right. You know, um, I asked you during the course of this show, what is it that the left has done to hurt themselves? And you had a great answer. At the same time, you know, where do Republicans give? And it's only getting worse. I mean, you know, watch Fox News for one minute and you will see what you talk about. You'll see white grievance. You'll see us against them. You'll see they're out to get you. You won't really see much in the way of solid reporting. It's just a lot of emotion. Yeah. It really is just a lot of emotion. A hundred percent. And, you know, one thing that I think guys like you and me would like to see, I mean, I'm not, I get the arguments and throwing money into government to, uh, you know, it's not always the best investment, right? But, but look, you know, I grew up and I, I, we've talked about this personally. 
you know, one of the things that sort of drew me to the Democratic Party was the Bill Clinton jobs program that we had in the early 90s. I was able in a very impoverished town with almost zero opportunity for a 13 year old to do some work and get paid in the summer with, you know, not being old enough to drive was Bill Clinton's summer jobs program that allowed me to like go to my grade school, put in an eight hour day and taught me the value of a dollar. Look, Republicans can jump right on the backs of something like that. That is a great program. Right. Who, who would disagree parties, with that program? Right. You, you've got impoverished kids in poor places. And what were you doing? Learning to uh, janitorial. Like, ah, you know, you'd wax fantastic. the gym floor. And that was a, a Clinton's, Clinton's program. A Clinton program. I yeah. actually don't remember that affected you personally. And Absolutely. And then was left to wither on the vine, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of died on the vine. Right. Now, who can't get behind that? Why I don't mean, you have both parties coming together? Right. And it feels like the thing that bothers me more about the Republican Party than anything. It's less about ideas and more they want to tell you why all the Democrat ideas are so bad. There you go. Let's kill everything. We don't want to spend any money. We don't want any government. But look, sometimes in these impoverished towns, there's just no fucking bootstraps to grab. So give us something. Right. And sometimes that involves coming up with an idea and not just, you know, giving a speech in front of Kevin McCarthy's been speaker seven months now, and I haven't seen the first piece of legislation. I, you know, I, I don't know, Triz. But what I do know is somehow we killed another effing hour. Do you have comedy? Uh, you know what? I just, again, I put nothing together this week, but I did screenshot uh, two jokes on the drive over. Oh, so we're so, both telling jokes. So, so we, it's joke day. Oh, well, I got to go with jokes. dad's flooring, dad jokes. Oh, you got to love dad's flooring. And the, the, dad's good, flooring the good, the bad, jokes. and the terrible. I'm also going to need my glasses. I'm just going to the first one. How do billboards communicate? Uh, I don't know. Think about it. How do billboards, and there go my glasses. How do billboards communicate, Tristan? Uh, Sign language. They don't work because radio's better is my programmed answer as a radio salesman, so I does not compute. <laughs> I got one more dad's flooring dad joke for you. What's the worst thing about ancient history class? Much like this podcast, the teacher tends to Babylon. <laughs> well, what was the billboard answer? <laughs> Um, fuck, I lost it. Sign language. Okay. Sign language. There we go. Sign language. Really left me hanging on that one. Sorry. (laughs) So, uh, nice. All right. So I just, I, on the drive over, I literally, um, illegally screenshotted things on my phone while cops were behind me. I assume like you probably should be. You were driving. Yeah. I can hear Governor Bashir saying you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, yes. So, uh, Mitch Hedberg joke. If you're not a fan of oh, Mitch Hedberg's God. comedy, I wasn't until you told me yeah, about it. Pretty great. So, kind of Stephen Wrightish. It's a little Stephen Wrightish. Yeah. yeah. Real dry, kind yeah. of witty more than like, you know, kind of punching Mitch in the was face. a funny, funny man. Yeah. So, uh, here's a Mitch Hedberg joke. Uh, I saw a commercial on late night TV that said, forget everything you know about slip covers. So I did. It was a load off my mind. Then the commercial tried to sell me slip covers, and I didn't know what the hell they were. Just so ridiculous. But uh, yeah, Mitch Hedberg. And this one is a Norm McDonald joke. Uh, I thought this one was great, so I thought I would end with this. Um, so, Ray, uh, we can thank the sponsors. Yes. Stove Leg, thank you. Thank you, uh, Nate. Nate, as always. Berea Pond, Aaron. Uh, Tony, it's been great having you on board. And we, we do epoxy. We do epoxy, and we promise we're going to get you guys on board uh, yeah. on, on on the air with us. Yeah, tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> yeah, we really should. I, 
yeah, next show. And thanks to Louisville Troy. Louisville Troy. And uh, we wish he was still Berea Troy. But yeah. He's, he's still excellent. He just, see, he's I'd become like a big city guy face. now. Yeah. And he's, he was losing weight when he left. I want to know he what he was. weighs now. He and was. I just yeah. don't get to see him. I need more Troy. He lost a lot of weight, he man. He was rolling. Yeah. And then, okay, I'll end, I'll end it here with a Norm MacDonald joke. Uh, Norm MacDonald said, I once walked in on my parents having sex. It was the most embarrassing 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> Driz, I'll see you next week. Sounds good, Ray. Have a good week. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.